0: I'm Maureen Atura, and you're listening to The Positive Fantastic. My guest today is Tirza Dawn. Welcome, Tirza. Thank you, Maureen. It's great to have you. So Tirza is actually my my yoga teacher, Mm -hmm. and I really appreciate the, the teachings that Tirza brings, and I particularly appreciate the way that yoga is brought forth through Tirza, not just as an asana practice, but really as a full spectrum yogic experience, oh thank you mori about to you namaste it's so good so good and so tirza has uh taught various ayurvedic yoga teacher trainings for several years and i took an ayurvedic yoga teacher training and we kind of actually met before that in circles we had uh, the herbal symposium and also primitive skills gatherings we were circling in those same circles together and that was part of why I wanted to do the yoga teacher training with Tirza, was that I really enjoyed Tirza's energy and her, mm-hmm. her um, beautiful way of welcoming and inviting people to bring themselves to her yoga practice from all walks of life and all stages and backgrounds of where they may be with their own idea of what yoga means. And I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yay. The Gita says we are all eternal And we will never cease to be Thus since life is brief and mutable Take sorrows and joys indifferently Be a soul of constant calm All that lives, lives only all that lives,
1: lives always,
0: and then beginning our dreams. Tirza, how do you situate yourself in the practice of yoga?
1: Well, first of all, I just love the way you're asking that question because it makes me go, what does situate myself in the practice of yoga mean? And there's a lot of different answers to that. But the most simple one I'll start with is just maybe my background, mm-hmm. um, because I think lineage is a really important thing to address in life in general. And in the practices of yoga, it's um, t- to recognize one's lineage is I just, you know, it's to honor where we come from. Totally. So I'll start there because it's always good to start with honoring our ancestors. Um, in my, in my lineage anyway, it's good to honor our ancestors. So I would say primarily I am Ayengar trained, which I'm really grateful for. Uh, I was taught the Iyengar uh, practices by one of his students in Santa Cruz who she had studied with him, uh, Julie Kimball. And then she taught me and I learned all the basics of Iyengar, which I'm grateful for because it really taught me uh, really clean practical and technical bone and muscle alignment Mm -hmm. but of course also it's just a completely deeply devotional practice so from there although that's my foundation i spent the next you know i've been doing yoga and practicing and teaching for about 30 years now and i've studied many many different forms and they've all helped me to understand my own path as a yogi and they've also helped me to understand all different body types and all different ways that people can access the knowledge of their body mm-hmm. and then about 15 years ago or so i was introduced to try yoga or tree yoga people call it different things uh through kashi ananda in sebastopol california
0: wonderful teacher in her own right she's yeah.
1: amazing and i love her forever and she really helped in my opinion, the, the practice of tri and Iyengar are kind of a perfect balance because Iyengar is quite masculine mm-hmm. and tri is quite feminine, founded by Kali Ray. And uh, so it really taught me more about the undulation of the practice as well as paying attention to um, transitions. So it's very, for me, it's the beauty of tri is really understanding transitioning from one posture to another, tr- transitioning from one um, pranayama to practice to another it's it's the beauty of those in between places mm. and then the other thing i think about w- with your question about you know how do i situate myself with yoga it's my history most recently is the last 10 years I've been doing the Ayurvedic yoga teacher training out of the Dhyana Center, right? And and being a big part of that center, which has been such a beautiful community hub and basically my ashram. Um, and I'm really proud of that. And it's interesting when I think about how do I situate myself with yoga, I can't ignore my other lineages, right? So there's mm-hmm. these other parts of me that are also yoga. For example, um, primitive skills. You know, I spent seven years Working with the group who created Buckeye, the Ancestral Skills Community, you know, here in California, right. that's a huge part of what I believe yoga is as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's really being in nature, connectedness. It's really understanding what all of our ancestors um, learned and were educated to do in order to live on this planet in a really clean and um, simple way. And then I also have a background for many years with my first husband. Uh, deep in the action sports world so really working with the athletes of uh you know surfing and skateboarding and bmx and all of those and that that was yoga i mean Mm -hmm. i've never some of the best yogis i've ever seen are those skateboarders and those the action sports athletes and then we were working among them to help raise consciousness around um, environmental um, impact and things like that and so that was a form of yoga Mm -hmm. and then of and then another form of yoga I feel like is part of my lineage is being in the special needs community and that, you know, I have mm-hmm. my 17 year old son is a special needs individual and being a part of that community has really taught me a lot about what yoga is, you know, what, what exactly our connection is between mind and body and how each individual has their own way. Absolutely.
0: What does yoga, the practice of yoga, mean to you, Tirza?
1: I love this question because yoga is so many things to me. One of the simplest ways I can answer that and the the ways that I hold it is that yoga, to me, is the art of the practice of non-reactivity. So I feel like one of the greatest gifts that yoga offers humanity is the capacity, the, the study and capacity and, and growing evolutionary um, ability to, to not react,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: so you can be in your yoga pose. And it's a direct, it's a very direct education, because it's not just sitting and talking about it, which is fun, too, right? Getting into the philosophies around yoga is pretty deep, vast, we could talk for days Ever. Yeah. forever <laughs> about it but what's interesting is that yoga really offers the body format to handle some of those philosophical conversations in a in a body way which to me means you're really getting it mm-hmm. so when you're in this yoga asana right or you're in a pose and you're having pain or you're having discomfort or you're just plain not liking it you have that choice in that moment where you can be like i hate this this sucks i don't want to do this mm-hmm. ouch And you can drop out of the pose if you want to that's fine that's a choice but the way yoga is is taught the way i like to teach it and the way i like to practice it is that you actually hang out in those places of discomfort Mm -hmm. and you breathe really beautifully deep and and you start to bring your consciousness to a place of how how do i learn from this Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so you know how do i what does this moment, what is my body helping me to learn right now? And I'm not talking about, of course, like crazy sharp pain that you should definitely avoid. I'm talking about those places that the reason why people go to yoga, honestly, because they want to greet those places that are challenging. The stretch. The stretch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The stretch. So then you, you're stretching. You're stretching yeah. past these kind of limited places that are often limited more in the mind than they actually are in the body.
0: That's such a huge point. I remember when we were learning inversions and headstands and uh, it's something about the mind that is so powerful. And when you can harness the mind to use its power in good ways, that's really beautiful, but sometimes it's really an inhibiting factor. And I remember when we were learning them, you kept saying, you know, you are all capable of doing this in that particular class. That was true. And, you know, 90% of your blocks are gonna be mental. And hearing that was so helpful to me that because there's so many times in my life, like for instance, giving birth to my son, mm-hmm. when I had to keep reminding myself that the body knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Like there's something that we, that's our lineage too, is that we're humans. And we have these human bodies that have done human bodiness <laughs> forever. Yes. For ever as long as we've had humans around. And that sometimes we get into our stories and we're not in our bodies anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when we get yoga, it can be a practice of bringing us back into our bodies. Mm-hmm. And then if you take that
1: outward from, from the practices of yoga, that applies to kind of anywhere in life, mm-hmm. right? So you totally. can be, you know. Sitting with your in-laws or <laughs> whatever that that challenging person,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, we all whatever have, your stretches, whatever is. your stretches, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you and you can greet that in a if you train yourself, you can greet that in a way. Hopefully, that instead of just having pure reaction, you can kind of sink into it a little bit and mm-hmm. say, "Well, what is here? What is here for me to learn? What is here, how can I stretch through this, um, rather than simply reacting and." falling away or pushing away or
0: mm-hmm. well and what I really loved about the training that we did was that in addition to the asana practice which is kind of the main the mainstream view of western culture's idea and what what does yoga mean it's like a, something you get on the mat for mm-hmm. it was also um, a breathwork practice it was something mm-hmm. to bring you like I remember everything every single time you taught it was emphasized and Put right in the center of our consciousness that breath was what yoga is, really, that breath embody is the practice. And so we always are breathing. And anywhere we go, anytime, we can come back to our breath and mm-hmm. really situate ourselves, you know, anchor ourselves into who am I in this moment having this breath. Mm-hmm. And it's such a grounding, real good check in to have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beyond asana, what are some of the other practices that you bring into your yoga teacher trainings?
1: Well, like you had mentioned, breath is a big one, and that breath and meditation are the, actually the reason for yoga asana. So in the West, you know we're very um, we're deeply infatuated with the body form and, and looks. but the whole reason that yoga was even developed as an asana as a, as a physical practice is so that we can better meditate Mm -hmm. so the breathing exercise the pranayama is is so mega important and in our society it's it's like the the secret like it's the perfect secret antidote and what's that word
0: antidote antidote (laughs) thank you antidote
1: Antidote? (laughs) antidote to um to our To our culture, because mm. nobody is uh, so much is so fast paced, and people don't really pay attention to the breath. So then you have all these people who are going into a yoga class to get the body benefit, right? To be able right. to look cute in their yoga pants and stuff. But then they, but then inherently, if they have a good teacher, they're learning to breathe. Yes. And like you had said, that is something you can carry through the rest of your life, and you can use in so many different um, situations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So breath work, I teach. Meditation, I teach, um, and meditation truly is the core of it all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's inner knowing. It's it's looking inward and being able to ultimately be accountable for ourselves and to ultimately be in love with ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To be able to really, really um, raise up our level of self love is, I think, my primary focus. When it when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um and then we do all kinds of things to tell you the truth we do nature awareness you know I like to be able to really practice in nature as much as possible with my students because nature is the ultimate teacher it's the ultimate guru mm-hmm. so we need to go and listen to nature as often as possible and then there's cooking because nutrition is a huge mm-hmm. part of how we function as bodies in this reality so we right. need to also you know I don't I'm not teaching breatharianism but I am teaching Ayurvedic nutrition and I am mm-hmm. teaching um, individualized, you know, dietary awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's it's different for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So those are some of the things. And then I think what naturally arises is is community. So once these trainings are running and my retreats running, u- ultimately it's it becomes about living in village. It becomes about how do we relate to one another as a community and how, how can we learn from one another as a community. Mm-hmm. So we may end up doing all kinds of exercises that are around relating to one another. But it's, once again, it's kind of sneaky. It's kind of like the breath breathwork. It, it, it's forefront, but it's also the underbelly. Mm-hmm. And community is forefront, but it's also the underbelly mm-hmm. of, of what I teach. Because in so many ways, that's what we're here to do. We're given these physical forms in this physical reality, and we're here to learn how to navigate it. And hopefully we learn how to navigate it with a lot of love and a lot of peace. Because when we look at the struggle and the strife that has been existent since the beginning of time, it's much around humans' inability to respect one another Mm -hmm. and respect the their Their natural surroundings, the world, the world in which they live. So yoga is this kind of not so secret key. Mm-hmm. One of one of them. You know, there's other ones too, but yoga is definitely a strong key, a strong technology that's been developed by humanity to be able to coexist.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things I really loved about. Our yoga teacher trainings. So I I took the training with you, and then I actually was your teacher's assistant for two more years. Yeah, because I liked it so much. Yes, <laughs> uh, was that we we practiced at the Dhyana Center on a regular basis, and we also practiced at the beach and in the park, and kind of had these pop up yoga practices of us meditating, you know, in the center of Sebastopol mm-hmm. or anywhere in very public visual places, and. So that kind of brings that, that harkens to that community piece is that it, it's not something that's just done in a room with four walls, because that's what the modern world has created is that container, but really that yoga is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere we go, we can mm-hmm. bring a yoga practice.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, who is it? Um, oh, gosh, Sean Corn, I believe, has this, This uh, I think it's a nonprofit at this point, but it's definitely a movement she she pushes which is off the mat right Mm -hmm. and her her Mm -hmm. concept is around activism and taking your your yoga practice off the mat and into the world to the social issues that need to be addressed the environmental issues that need to be addressed but i love that phrase off the mat i love Mm -hmm. what she's doing too but i I just love that general concept of yeah it's not about just being on a mat in a studio what is yoga Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: that's when it really spreads out into this bigger concept of how we walk, how we talk, how we relate to ourselves and to others
0: mm-hmm. thinking about that off the mat concept, I really feel that the several years that I've spent with you studying yoga has been integrated in my own life in the way that i I find myself stopping to to pause and take a breath, you know everywhere, kind of just any anytime things are happening that I feel. Excited about or scared about or even confused about just to Mm -hmm. pause to take that time that to practice non reactivity Mm -hmm. really but also there's kind of this this fun added bonus of I'll be in different places and I'll find myself wanting to stretch too, like both physically or I Have a lot of places in my life that I energetically stretch into (laughs) Mm -hmm. but in the physical realm even I find myself like ergonomically considering my posture all the time. And I think that as a culture, we've, we collectively spend a lot more time in a more sedentary lifestyle and also, um, not necessarily focusing as much on our, on our body posture when we're not on the mat. And so something for me that's really come into my attention is when I'm driving, how do I sit in a way that really complements my body feeling good? When I'm in the grocery store, you know, waiting in line, how do I, how do I have a little bit of an asana practice in that situation? When I'm when I'm um, with my son and he's staring at his cell phone and I see his shoulders hunched over, I ask him to pause, to take a breath, and to roll his shoulders back and to really look look forward, you know, Mm -hmm. to really focus on how is it that we are spending our time in our bodies. So that inquiry is something that I've really taken with me from the trainings and i find that my body is happier Mm -hmm, i find that i'm more aware and conscious of when my body is unhappy and my ability to course correct or to find a, a kind of structural change quickly is uh totally been augmented by the time i've spent on the mat with you and there's also this sense of um a real satisfaction with taking the time for those inquiries, taking the time to have a little meditation around what is it that's going on right now and how can I best sit with this. And uh, one of the fun things that's come is that every time I do a podcast, I also do a little video segment. And so you and I got together to record this podcast. And part of our video was, well, what is yoga? Where we're like, well, this is yoga. You know, you know, yoga is hugging, yoga is gardening, yoga is smelling a flower, yoga is cuddling with your kittens yoga is so many things Mm really i mean the etymology of yoga is to yoga together right Right. so it's like bringing bringing these different parts together to have connection with the divine and i think that anytime we can have a connection with our own body that that's kind of a divine moment too that there's a there's an ecstasy and stopping having our daily life from being just a mill run and, and really having a little more consciousness and a little more awareness of w- what would I like in this moment, even if we're working, even, I mean, especially yeah. really, if we're in the heart of all the context that we wouldn't ne- necessarily attribute quote unquote yoga to, mm-hmm. to have a yogic, yogini yog- yoga kind of focus brings that into all these diverse areas of our lives that can really benefit from having that level of consciousness.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it thrills me to hear you say that, honestly, because if there was one thing I would want people to walk away from with with my trainings is is exactly what you're describing right now. I mean, that's just (laughs) thrilling to hear that. I'm like, yes, it's that works, you know, because it is it is about the it is about the mundane in the sense that it is about that that moment to moment living life in Mm -hmm. the grocery store, in the car at work. Mm -hmm. You know, it is about the mundane. And yet that mundane is exactly the beautiful lotus that flowers into this, the spiritual awakenings, if you want to take it that far, which it Mm -hmm. is, because every single moment is a spiritual awakening, right? You know, I mean, we ultimately, no one knows when they will be dying, they don't know when they're passing into whatever other form Mm -hmm. happens. And so when, when we really can sit inside that that just preciousness of moment to moment that and that is enlightenment
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's when you really become enlightened when you are of the presence of the preciousness of every single moment and so what you just described mm-hmm. is like it's the perfect training ground toward that mm-hmm. and and I believe that I don't think it's an accident that yoga has become so popular in the West in the mm-hmm. last 30 years I think it makes perfect sense because it is about spiritual consciousness evolution around the planet Mm -hmm. and so the fact that it's become this popular um thing i i think shows a trend a positive trend toward human ability to basically be in the love and bliss of life
0: fully yeah As someone who's been in your yoga teacher training, I wanted to really share that I feel strongly that everyone with a body should be able to practice yoga. And part of why I felt drawn to your particular training was that you hold a really big permission field for everyone with a body to practice yoga. Mm -hmm. And I identify as a fairly big woman and also someone who was afraid to practice yoga. Um, I have various friends in my life who have long-term injuries from yoga classes that went awry. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to approach, I wanted to do yoga teacher training, not because I necessarily was feeling so called to be a yoga teacher necessarily, although it happens to be something that I feel really strongly yoga is something to share. Mm-hmm. I, I more felt that I really wanted to learn how to do it in a way that would be beneficial to my body and not harmful. And so my journey to take the yoga teacher training and then to assist as a yoga teacher for several years really became uh, a path of learning how to be in my body. And I grew up very in my head, very academically oriented. um, And to take the yoga teacher training really was transformative and that I felt more and more access to what embodiment meant. Mm largely through breath work. But the asana practice as well, like knowing what to do and how to do it, is something that really has carried me in all walks of life. When I'm you know, heavy lifting in my garden or when I'm working with my friend and helping her organize and lifting big boxes, it's, it's a piece around what does the body want to do and what does the body need to do in order to be healthy and happy that I feel much more versed in than your average bear. Yeah. As a result of the yoga teacher trainings. And, and I really excited about that because I think that when people sometimes are afraid, they won't do something. And so for me, even just showing up to the yoga teacher training was my initial stretch. Absolutely. (laughs) Getting getting to be on the mat was the first part that required uh, required me to stretch what was comfortable for me. And then actually, the training itself was was really easy you know and really fun it was really that overcoming the the concern that i had to of hurting myself Mm -hmm. but that was it was like the antidote was in the pudding you know of actually going to training and so and i appreciated so much that when i got there it wasn't even a consideration you know really you're so clear about teaching when you have a class you don't even call it a yoga class you call it a yoga ceremony right and so when people get into the class into the ceremony there's there's usually a meditation to begin then there's a practice and an invitation to really listen to your body and mm-hmm. at any point in time to only do what works for your body and i think that 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 piece is so crucial to understanding that yoga is not um a workout yoga is not something t- i mean not that there's anything wrong with working out but that really like listening to your body comes before anything else. Yeah. Anytime you're gonna stretch, it comes from a place of, what does my body want to do? And to, to go slower, if at all possible, if you have any doubts about what your body can do or wants to do, to not just push yourself into a pose or a posture because you're af- aspiring to a particular look. And uh, that was just something that really always struck me is that you would have demonstrations even around what does a particular posture look like? And you would have multiple ways that you could modify the po- the pose right. so that everybody could have access. Right. And, and it could always come back to as simple as like standing, you know, Tadasana, like just be here yeah. anchored in yourself. And then what can you add from there? You mm-hmm. know, because really all of the posture practices are born out of that place of, am I in my body and am I preparing myself to really be present? Right. That's if meditation is the root of all yoga, then it's a really different framework that we're looking at when we go into a class than, you know, I'm going to crunch out these poses, you know, right. or this hour and a half of yoga. And then also ending your ceremony with, with um, a vassana that really involved sound healing and um, so maybe even someone singing to you.
1: Gratitude.
0: Yeah, to integrate the practice back in. So with mantra even and And along the way to have all these different elements really woven in that were beyond just doing a posture. And, you know, I really I love that about yoga is that yoga is this full world Mm -hmm. and that there's all these different aspects. And in your class, I felt more exposure to more of the pieces of that whole world Mm -hmm. than anywhere else that I've been. in my own experience
1: beautiful you know there's two words that are really coming forth as you're speaking one is diversity and one is intimacy Mm
0: -hmm. diversity
1: and intimacy and i feel like the most gorgeous thing to me is how diverse our human species is how diverse our planet is but how diverse our human species is you know that I've never been a teacher who wanted to say I had level like this is a level one class or this is a level two class or this is a level three class. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's beautiful. And it helps people know their their maybe energy levels and um, competency levels with certain things. But for me, it's a lot more about how diversity can inform the practice. So I've always wanted to have people of all different shapes and sizes and you know, all different backgrounds, all different ways of of knowing the world, come together as a Sangha, as a community, Mm -hmm. to practice together, because that's how we learn. And in the trainings, oh my gosh, I can't imagine if it was just cookie cutter, I don't even know what that would be like, because the fact is, is we're not cookie cutter. And the the differences really help us to understand the greater whole, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm and so and even from an ayurvedic perspective i love you know diana batdorf my dear friend and also one of my greatest teachers taught me so much about diversity within the human species through the lens of ayurveda you know the vata pitta kapha that we are all born different and and we take on our, our constitution our body constitution is meant to be a certain way and you don't everybody doesn't need to change to look like one particular constitution right mm-hmm. it's not the way it was made that's not the way this is not the way we are yeah. it's not the way we are yeah and there's a reason for that this yeah. diversity is what makes life rich this diversity is what teaches us and expands our notions of of reality of of ourselves, you know, so diversity is so key, and it's beautiful to spend time together within the practice of yoga, understanding diversity from a body level.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the intimacy.
1: The that's well, that's part of the intimacy. Yeah. The other part of the intimacy is what was occurring to me as you were speaking was the intimacy with self. Mm-hmm. So, yep. when we're learning ourselves and not trying to change ourselves, not trying to change into a different. Version of who we think we're supposed to be or look like but when we're truly listening in and become we are becoming intimate with ourselves yes, and that intimacy is part of I think a a Gargantuan healing Mm -hmm. that takes place You know for everyone Mm -hmm. when we're more intimate with ourselves Yeah, the diversity piece too. when you were speaking it reminded me one of the great honors I've had was going in to teach my son's special needs class Mm-hmm. So I was invited to teach uh, when he was younger. He was probably about uh, nine or 10 or so. And I was invited to go in and teach his class. And of course, his special needs class was full of of all different sorts of children with all different sorts of capabilities. You know, mm-hmm. there was there were children who were could only move their head. There were children who were right. very, very open in other ways, perhaps over-flexible in other ways. And it was such a beautiful thing for me to be able to teach these kids and and see each of their individual yogini selves coming forth and mm-hmm. how they could each do different things and not other things and really that that maybe is a little bit more an extreme example but it's really actually the same as any yoga class because mm-hmm. that's how it is that's why yoga is amazing because one person who might have a difficulty in this one posture to the other person, it's their bliss posture, right? You know, and this bliss posture to one person, to the other person, is like their most challenging, and it's great. Mm-hmm. They, they all,
0: it all works. And every posture looks different on every body. Right. That was something I remember a lot. We, we would do a round robin where we would each mm-hmm. teach and show, and we would, you know, everyone getting into the pose looks different because everyone's stretch is different. Mm-hmm. Everyone's stretch is different every single time. Mm-hmm. And and you're right, like some people who are um, super strong in one pose couldn't do a pose that I found super easy. yeah right? <laughs> that was always fascinating to me, and vice versa. Yeah. you know, and it's because we're not the same Mm-mm. and And there is no reason to try to be the same either. you no. know it's it's wor- the intimacy is in finding our own personal self stretch, yes, and it's ultimately a welcoming. It's ultimately
1: yes. how can we welcome one another? into diversity, how can we welcome ourselves into diversity? It's hard to remember, it's so trippy, right? Because it's like, you would think that would be just kind of a basic human understanding. And in some ways it is, mm-hmm. I believe it's inherent to us to understand that there's differences and to accept those differences. Yeah. And yet, when you step into the world and the culture, and as we grow up through, through all these layers of human opinion, basically Mm -hmm. an ego right human ego human opinion then you start having to work it becomes more of a task to work through those layers to come back to that basic understanding Mm -hmm. and of
0: of welcome yeah
1: of of welcoming ourselves of welcoming others exactly as we are
0: exactly as we are Thank you so much for coming to be on the show today, Tirza. I really appreciate the yoga that you bring to this world. Thank you, Maury. It's such an honor and a pleasure to speak with you always.
1: And I'm so glad you're doing this because everybody needs some positive fantastic for real. So thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Positive Fantastic Podcast. I'm Maury Natura, and you can reach me by checking out my website, morinatura.com. You can read about upcoming author events or sign up for my email list to stay up to date with the content that I create. If you go to morinatura.com slash the positive fantastic, you can link directly to any of the podcast episodes that have already been published and see short summaries describing each episode. I'm on social media and you can follow me on Facebook on my page Morinatura Author, and you can follow me on Instagram at author Morinatura. Check out my y- channel at youtube.com slash to see a very artsy video that Tirza and I collaborated on called This is Yoga. You can learn more about Tirza's yoga retreats at tirzadawn.com, or you can follow her on Instagram at tirzadawn. This 21st episode of the Positive Fantastic has been brought to you on the full moon and I hope you'll join us on the fall equinox later this week when I interview Josh Konkanian of Moongazer Farms about the regenerative agriculture technique building and growing fertile, abundant, ecosystems with hugel cultures cheers and may your journey to embody your breath be fantastic